This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. I think along with us, Tom Bauer, Jake the Snake. I wanted to use his last name, but he, he's got aliases, Gordon, so I, I don't want to give him the wrong so. name. You know? He's exactly. got aliases. Rightfully so. With, <laughs> with his body of work, he needs aliases. <laughs> He's got aliases. I, put, I, I I remember one name. I'm like, no, I don't think we use that name. Maybe I'll go with the other name. Yeah. So you know, that that's why I call him Jake the Snake. I, I don't have to worry You're about You're safe. That. Exactly. <laughs> Until well, he burns I, that one someplace. I've told you guys, I have people on Twitter sometimes thinking I'm Jordan Montgomery. So if he has a bad outing, I get tweets like, Jay Montgomery, what are you doing? But uh, the Yankees have really been strong. It's not just Montgomery. It seems like everyone. And now the news with Severino, it's – not uh, not all rainbows and butterflies with the Yankees right now. I expect Gordon will get some calls a little later that we're ready to fire Aaron Boone now. It's over. They, well, look, know, it was a great oh, run. It was a great run. Yeah, you know, it's it's over now. Yeah, and now we got to get more pitching. Hitting is awful. We can't beat the we can't beat the Reds. We we lost the game to the Reds. Where we're done. Nah, nah, nah. That's gonna be it's, it's great. well. Look on the bright side, Yankee fans are gonna complain about something anyway. At least yeah, now sure. we have something <laughs> legitimate to complain about. <laughs> Yeah, the bullpen's a little issue. Might be after last night. It might be a well, little issue. But... Bullpen is a big issue. Starting pitching is uh, now very yeah, much an issue. Very, very much an issue. But let's not start there. Let's no, no, start no, on no, the no, positive. No, no, let's start no, with the happy. No, 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 no. no, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll start with – now, Gordon, he, this, is, this is the life of a fan, right? So last night after a loss, what, what did I say to you? Boy, this is really tough. To go into a series with Atlanta without Marte, without O'Neal, I'm you know, a McNeil. Oh, it's gonna be tough. So today, after they win, take two out of three. Hey Gordon, we took two out of three. We didn't have Marte and O'Neal. <laughs> McNeil. We didn't yeah. have either one of them. <laughs> well, look, I mean, you got a lot of these matchups against the Braves left. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that these three games are going to be indicative of those other, I think it's twelve games you have left, but mm-hmm. at least in these three games. The Mets were clearly the better team, you know, and it's amazing for as much time as we've spent here. Maybe it's because they've had such a big lead and on all mm-hmm. the other stuff. Oh, we got to add this. We got to add that. Right. The Braves better be starting to make a list and checking it twice because they got to add a bunch of stuff there as well. So, uh, yeah, Mets were, were strong again today. The offense came through. Lindor came through. And, and you take two or three. And look, you know, we were talking after they won the first game. No matter how this goes, mm-hmm. you're going to leave in first place. But yes. That's kind of a lie, because if you had lost today and you were leaving with a half a game lead, you would not have been feeling good about having a half game lead leading Atlanta. So this was a big swing game, big performance from the Mets, and uh, they get the job done. Good for them. And going away. Not close. Not close. Not the the nail biters the first two games were. And and I could just hear your voice all during the game. I heard your voice, Gordon, in my head, all Uh during the game. See, when people say about big, good pitchers, you got to hit home runs. See, that's what happens. You home got, runs. You got it. I mean, that's the way people score. It's just, it, it is what it is. I said, your voice was ringing in my ear. I'm like, God, Gordon, 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 Gordon's got a loop in my head right now going on with this home run stuff. Speaking of the home runs, the guy who had the big home run was Francisco Lindor. We'll hear from him in a minute. And Gordon, I think this was really, it's, it, I'm, I'm not going to say signature met hit right but this was a big this was a big hit for him in this series oh absolutely no question because going into the series you were starting to hear the questions again and I think rightfully so it's not it's not wrong to say that he's been a bit disappointing in his two years his two seasons with the Mets Mm -hmm. now that's not to say he's been bad I mean he's been bad at times but overall he's been okay but it just hasn't been when you got him and you sign him to the contract, you think you're getting one of the top 10 players in baseball. You think you're getting this, this offensive dynamo who's also excellent with the glove. You've gotten the excellent glove, but he has not really made the offense run. And while you've been slumping, you've needed somebody to kind of make the offense run, and he has that ability. And you've not really seen that on a long-term run here with the Mets. So for him to come up today and, and kind of silence the critics a bit, now the critics will be waiting because oh, yeah. if it doesn't keep up, it, it'll when you when you're making that. Think about um, Garrett Cole, right? Like he went out last night and pitched great against the Reds. Great, 
But if he has a bad outing, what's the first thing that gets brought up about Garrett Cole? Oh, he's making all this money. He shouldn't have any bad outings. So the same kind of thing uh, goes for, for Francisco Lindor. He's got to be good all the time because that's what you're paying him to be. We're paying for the Cleveland Lindor, and we haven't seen the Cleveland Lindor consistently yet. Not That's yet. Not consistently, for. right. Not I consistently. mean, and again, this year he's been better. He's had more stretches this year than last year of, of, of really strong play, but it has not been – you haven't gotten what you thought you were paying for. Mm-hmm. That's right. But today we did, and here's yes. him. Uh, here's Lindor on this season compared to last season. I mean, I'm healthier. Um, I'm helping the team a little bit more than I did last year. I think at this point last year I was probably hitting 190. So, yeah, nice. God is good, and my teammates are amazing. My coaches are great, and I got a good support system that's helping me day in and day out. And, yeah, playing playing good baseball for the Mets. Here's Tomas Nido on taking two of three from Atlanta. Feels good. Uh, Just kind of, you know, I feel like the the vibe was like everybody was freaking out outside of this clubhouse. So, uh, I'm sure it feels good for everybody to see that the season is not over. Um, no, I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> so no, it's been uh, it was it was a lot of fun uh, to play uh, a series uh, against a team that's uh, neck and neck against us, and um, we look forward to seeing them again. So I guess you guys have heard the noise that the season ended last week. Yeah, well, we just joke about it. So we don't really take too much thought into it. So. All right, Chris Bassett, uh, what did the series win over Atlanta mean to you? Yeah, I mean, these games are awesome to win just because it kind of widens the gap a little bit, but um, it, it it doesn't mean a ton in the, in the long run just because uh, I would say the most important games are at the very end of the year. So, um, yeah, it helps us in the standings, but um, the next game, I mean, against Chicago, it's just as important as today's game. So, yeah. Um, it's just a good win now, and that's basically it. So before we hear from Buck Showalter, Gordon, he kind of, <laughs> he kind of, I want to enjoy this. I want to enjoy this series win, but he kind of prepares me for the next for this weekend, Gordon. And the bottom line here is, listen, the Mets should handle this series against the Cubs. If they don't, I don't know what the significance of taking two or three means against Atlanta. It, well, it dims a little bit. Yeah, well, you just you just split against the Marlins. I know the Marlins are improved, but that's a series that you you don't want to be splitting against the Marlins. You want to be winning that series. You want to be winning series like you were winning earlier in the year. And if you have the ability, even with the guys out, right? Like you say, well, we were missing some guys here or there. We've got some injuries. Marte's been banged up. Uh, if you're able to win two or three against the Braves in the Braves' house when you haven't beaten them in any series since since 2017, which is shocking to me, you got to be able to beat the bad teams as well. So that's what the because the Braves aren't going away. I mean, even though it's two and a half, that's great. It's better than than the alternative. But they are still probably going to continue to play good baseball. So you're going to have to continue to if you want to keep that lead, you're going to have to be just a little bit better. And once again, in, in the uh, trap scenario, they've got Washington coming off a big series with you know top two teams in the mm-hmm. East. And the Mets have the Cubs. So, once again, both teams have to get back on the wagon and say, okay, you know, here's the thing. We forget about each other again. This is my, this is how I do it, Gordon. Forget about Atlanta again. We forget about them until we have to play them again right now. We got to go out and win series like we did before. If Atlanta wins, that's on Atlanta. We can't help them. When only thing we can do about Atlanta is when we face them one-on-one is to beat them like we did this in this series. That's all yeah. you can do. Yeah, and you're going to see him a lot in the second half. Yeah, so yeah. you're going to see him a lot. So they, look, this was a good first salvo, though, right? Like if you had lost today, you'd be thinking, "Well, you know, we never beat the Braves. We never win down there. They're now a game. They're a game back in the loss column." So this game was a big swing game, and it was nice to see Bassett go out there and perform like how he performed at the beginning of the season. Uh, it was nice to see you score some run. You know, like get back to the Mets. Um, uh, normal way of doing things where it seems like they score runs very early on in games today. Yeah. They, they get the, what was it, the third inning, they get the big three-run shot. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, good to see them, you know, get out to that lead early against Morton, work him like they worked the other two Braves pitchers, get into the bullpen. Good performance all the way around. Absolutely. And the bullpen was pretty good because you didn't have to use any even number one guys, which was that's also nice. good. Yeah, that's nice. 
So that's, that's the strength. I mean, that's the strength of the Mets is, is, is especially if you ever get DeGrom back in here, it's it, their strength is the rotation, whereas the Braves, it seems like their strength is the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The Braves starting pitching did not really light the world on fire in this series. So the Mets, they were able to take two or three. But again, it's the Braves are not going away. So uh-huh. you just have to kind of hope that now that you have a little bit more wiggle room than you would have had if you had lost today. So go out and now win some more series because they're not going away. No, they're going to be hanging around, hanging, hanging around, hanging, hanging, hanging around. And you just have to keep winning your series. 1-800-919-3776. I know a bunch of you wanted to talk Knicks. We'll get to the Knicks a little bit later. But I want to talk to my Mets fans right now. Just, just going to gauge, because there's a lot of Mets fans who were going into this series like, oh, God, same Mets. This is what's happening. Do you feel a little better about your team right now that you were able to take two or three from Atlanta? Let's just talk about right now. I'm not talking about, oh, God, what are we going to do against Chicago or whatnot? Oh, second half, you know what happens? Same old Mets, all this stuff. No, no, no. For right this moment, Gordon mentioned you were able to take a series from Atlanta. You split with Atlanta, but you were able to take a series from Atlanta for the first time in a very long time. Don't you feel a little better about your ball club right now with all the injuries and the possibility of DeGrom coming back and these guys coming back, McNeil coming back, Marte coming back, certainly after the All-Star break? Well, I'll let y'all kind of weigh in on that, but uh, nothing that uh, I didn't already you know, feel confident about, that our guys are you know, a very competitive group. And they don't have to tell anybody about it. They try to show you. So I'm real proud of the pitching here really good offensive team and uh, Chris was the difference today he had a great outing that was Buck Walter bringing us back on ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN Hardesting Damon to midnight go ahead Gordon scream I, I think I spoke that into existence we were in the break and I said you know I could really use one of these Giancarlo Stanton hot streaks and sure enough there you go little ding dong to right field and we got a tie ball game in the Bronx. Yankees fighting tooth and nail to beat the Cincinnati Reds, but still, it's a tie ball game, six six. Listen, that's what you want. Got to get. You need this win, Gordon. <laughs> you don't. You don't want to well, extend this losing streak. No, you can. Uh, I would prefer not to have. Uh, you know, following up uh, two really bad games against the Red Sox with back to back losses to the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, yes. that's not what we need. There's no question about it. No question about it. Set to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Danny's in Long Island. Danny, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Good evening, boys. Good week psychologically for the Mets. I think they definitely needed this more than the Braves did. The Braves are the defending champions. They're not going to be flustered that they lost uh, two out of three to the Mets. Uh, the Mets, I, I think, were, have been struggling of late, so they really needed this and to show the Braves that they could uh, – and to show themselves, some of their younger players, that they can compete in this high-intensity uh, high game. And I thought they did well. Nemo, a lot of guys. Uh, it's funny, a lot of plays that, that you don't think about in the course of a baseball game. But, you know, the Mets are up 3 nothing, and the Braves got a guy on first base with, with one out. And the guy hits a dribbler in front of home plate in front of the mound, and Basson comes in. And every ounce of my body is saying, go to first, get the easy out. you got a 3 nothing lead. But he throws the second. They do get the guy. Keep the runner at first. The next guy hits a double, but the runner doesn't score, and nobody scores in the inning. So when, when you make little plays like that in a, in a course of 27 outs, you win games, and that's the Mets' formula. They can't make errors. They've got to make good plays. They get timely hits, and they can play with anyone, especially now if they get this pitching, and, it could get, and the pitching is going to only get better, hopefully, if we get our number one guy back. Uh, I'd like to see – uh, Bassett go more than six innings. He looks. I don't know if that's in his contract, but because every he's he's entirely too happy going 90, 97 pitches and handing the the ball over to a bullpen, which is the weakest part of the team. And I know they had a nice lead today, but this is his last start before the All Star break. So I like to see him push a little bit more because, like you said, the the. Uh, the middle relief is definitely the question, and he was really dealing very well today. I don't know if I don't know if the the uh, the, the numbers say that you can't if you see him a third time. But I like to see as we get into the second half of the season, him pushing it a little more, maybe maybe getting 110 pitches, going seven innings. But other than that, I mean, everything everything is uh, great for the Mets. It's amazing. If we would have lost two out of three, it would have been the end of the world. But right. we win two out of three, and we're all feeling great. And that's the psychology of sports. And now you cannot go to Chicago. 
and spit the bit. You have to continue and drive through the All Star break, and because you can't give it back. And that's by the way, there wasn't a, there wasn't a doubt in my mind when the Yankees fell behind four or five nothing today that they were going to come back and win this game. So, I agree with you, Danny. I agree. That's a, Thanks for anyway, the phone call, my friend. Appreciate it. Uh, listen, uh, Gordon, he's right, and and I think it's you have to have confidence that he's going back to the Bassett play. You have to have confidence, and you're quick enough to say, you know what, I'm determined. I know I can get this guy at second. Let's do what we have to do to keep the run out of scoring position, and that helped, you know, stop a big inning that you don't know what could have happened after that. Yeah, and I hear what he's saying about Bassett going seven innings. You'd like to uh, – you have to keep in mind, we're only in July, right? Yes. Like, And this is a year where the Mets and Buck Showalter clearly have – you know, larger sights than just beating the Braves in a series in July. So, you know, I, I know it probably goes against uh, a fan sensibility. I want this guy going seven. I want him going eight. But you got to leave something in the tank here for the second half as well. It's a long season, and, and the last thing you need is is any more, you know, we're hoping to be almost past the point of injuries in the Mets rotation. The last thing you need is another, uh, another injury or burning a guy out when mm-hmm. you've still got half the season to go. No doubt about it, and I think I think like most pitchers, Gordon, the third time around, they're not yeah, as effective. Yeah, absolutely. There's, as there's the a reason why second. the teams do that, right? <laughs> like it's a, you know, like a hundred pitches. Generally, it does seem kind of arbitrary, but mm-hmm. there's a reason why teams are relying on that. Is because it seems like you know a lot of guys, they start to you know third time around, they start to lose it a little bit. Yeah. Plus, listen, don't, I can hear it now. What is Buck doing? He left him in the game. You know, the, the Braves come back. What is he doing? So, you know, listen, he gave you what he gave you. You had the lead. Sit him down. We're good. Go to your bullpen. We're okay. It worked out. I, I know you – I I understand, like Gordon, I understand you want to get, you know, the guys in that want to show starters or back in the day or 200 pitches. Mm, no, right, no, sure. Stop. We're not doing that anymore. We're not doing that. Yeah. Lisa Manhattan, what's up, Lee? Uncle Larry. Gordon, the Lee, family is back friends? together. There you go. The family is back together. What's going on, gentlemen? We're good. How are you Lee? feeling? I'm going to make this quick and simple, Larry, mm-hmm. because you talk about this all the time, but I have to imitate you. Uh-oh. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. Okay? <laughs> we have an opportunity to be in first place by the All-Star break. I'm going to break it down to you simple. Everybody talking about what the Mets go must go into Chicago and do. But as you've always said, any team can be beaten on any given day. You go into Chicago, you win two out of four. If Atlanta wins all four, where do you wind up? You're still in first place come the All-Star break. Yep. And speaking, and, and just like you talk about what they must do, who is the hottest team in baseball right now? The Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. The pitching's been great for the Mets, but what the Mets have to go back to doing like they've done all year long, going back to playing baton passing baseball because the pitching is what's been keeping us going up to this point. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. All right, Lee. Thanks all right, for Lee. checking in. Um, the running, you're not going to love the home run, Gordon. Yeah. Love the home run. But on the times that you don't hit the home run, the run, the hitting with runners in scoring position today, we had the stats last night. Yeah, clearly was much better today. You could see that much better today, and that's kind of where you need to be. Obviously, you're not going to be as high as you were early in the season, but you need to come up from where you've been over these past 30, 31 games, and that's what I enjoyed today was the fact that they had runners in scoring position, Gordon, and they made, they got some key hits. And whenever you're as as Derek Jeter used to always say. Those tack-on runs are very important, and that's what that was the big thing today was the tack-on runs. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and again, doing it without a couple of key pieces in your lineup. You know, Guillaume, Guillaume was uh, oh, the, the cleanup again? hitter today. Mark Canna yeah. was batting fifth. You know, so it was not uh, it was not exactly your prime A lineup, and yet you still get it done. Nimmo does what he does. Lindor does what he does. So, um, oh, good. I mean, it's a good way. There's no other way to put it. Uh, that's a good win for the Mets, uh, and able to come out of there now taking two or three, kind of re- reinvigorated, and and they, I think they needed it a little bit more than maybe the Braves, as the caller said, because the Braves have been here and done that. So, mm-hmm. um, this is what you were looking for today, and uh, you know, you talk about you, uh, the Mets getting a couple of hits with the runners in scoring position. Didn't feel like the Braves had many runners in scoring position. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. 
No. Did not feel did like not. they had many score runners in scoring position. Not a lot of opportunities for them. So, uh, look, again, you're probably right. Like, if the, if the Mets had lost 2-3, or three, it would be the end of the world. To me, I looked at this series of the Braves saying, boy, they, they, could, they could use a couple of pieces here. You know, they could, mm-hmm. they could use a little bit of an upgrade as well. So the trade deadline is going to be very interesting this year. Very interesting. Well, and this is the thing you understand, that, that when these teams face each other again, they're going to be very different teams. You would think so. There's going to be some pieces that are yeah, – well, obviously the Mets, if they just get whole, there's going to be a couple of big pieces there, right? They forget yeah. about even making trades. But mm-hmm. um, if either of them do add, which you ex- – I mean, the, the expectations, the Mets are going to add quite a bit. Uh, and, and whether or not the Braves add, we will see. I mean, last year they added at the, at the trade deadline and remade their outfield and turned themselves into a World Series-type yeah. team. So Absolutely. And now Clay Holmes is back in tonight after the last night go. disaster. So uh, all eyes will be focused on that. So, and, and I'll get your thoughts. I want you to think about it. I'll get your thoughts when we return. Your thoughts on Chapman tonight and mm-hmm. what you expect from Holmes tonight and, and what tonight tells you about Holmes. We'll get your thoughts next on 9870 ESPN. All right, Gordon. Um, First of all, give me your thoughts on Chapman tonight. Like, were you encouraged? Is that something that you feel uh, okay? Maybe you can he can build on, and then tell me what you think about Holmes. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad. Um, I, I, you know, with the show being on, I'm watching it with one eye and, mm-hmm. and, and thinking about other things. It, it, I'll say this: from what I saw, it wasn't like it wasn't bl- it didn't blow me away, right? Okay. Like, it, like you're waiting for Chapman to have one of those performances where he's just the absolute bully on the mound and he's just hitting, you know, 101 or 102 and and um, that he, I don't, I, I didn't see that tonight from him. Now, look, he, he was okay, he was fine, but I'm not gonna upset the apple cart with him just to get him back in the closers' run sooner rather than later. But the bigger issue right now is is Clay Holmes uh, yeah. because he is he's still. I mean, he got an out there, he got a strikeout, and then the defense let him down a little bit as well as um, Donaldson was not able to make a, a tough play there going towards the line. So now it's first and second and one out, and uh, I, I just want to see Clay Holmes get back to being Clay Holmes because last night, you know, look, closers have bad performances. Mariano had bad – every closer will have – even Edwin Diaz at some point this year will have a bad – everybody has a bad performance. But last mm-hmm. night was just so glaring because he could not find the strike zone. And tonight walks the nine-hitter right away, throws ball one to the second batter he faces, and it just doesn't feel like he is around the strike zone in the same way – that he has been in the past. So they've already had, uh, after the fifth ball that he threw, Rizzo went out to the mound to just have a little conversation, and he was able to battle back and, and get the, uh, I think it was India that he struck out there, uh, and Fam is up now. But, uh, yeah, just a little concerned here with Clay Holmes, who I, he had been about as automatic as you could be coming mm-hmm. into games. And mm-hmm. these last two nights, he's been anything but automatic. Now, look, it's still it's, it's a tie game, first and second, one out. It can still work out of it, but um, – it just feels like this is a continuation of last night. If you had, if you had told me that you, you just put video on and me watching this right now without knowing the score, the way he's pitching, he looks exactly like he was last night, all yeah. around the plate and not throwing any strikes. He's lost the feel of his pitches. Oof, yikes. It's almost like he's got the yips or something like that. Yeah, he just cannot over find the, the strike zone. He is all over the place. Uh, as a matter of fact, just, just let's go back to last night. Here's what he said after the game uh, as to – you know, what went wrong with him last night? Here's what Holmes said after last night's situation. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, it can't happen. I got to be a little better at uh, some making some in-game adjustments. I think the just didn't really get a good grip on the sinker and started to get a little across my body and uh, lost the sinker a little bit. And, you know, just a lot of non-competitive pitches there. Don't want to hear the, don't want to hear the phrase, I tried to do some in-game adjustments because that means he's thinking a lot, Gordon. And that's not what you want all the time. Yeah, I would have thought he was going to say he had like a blister and just couldn't feel the pitch and and or some you know something along those lines. But mm-hmm. that was not the case. And no. um, you know uh, he's got to get it back together here quickly because this is you know I, look the Yankees got a huge lead and sure, all that sure, type of sure. stuff. But uh, you don't want to be you know I think it, the the more important thing rather than the the teams in the division you don't want to start letting the Astros get a little closer for that best yeah. record and base you know the best record in the American League and all that type of stuff. But um, and then, of course, even if he is able to figure this out and get out of it and do all those type of things, you still have Luis Severino, who is now a major concern. The Yankees could lose this game 100 to nothing, and the, and the first concern would be what's going on with Luis Severino tomorrow Shoulder. in an MRI tube. Yeah, that's, that, 
You know me, Larry. Shoulders, are, uh, elbows yeah. are bad. Shoulders, Shoulders are worse. Are worse. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Because you just don't know. And then especially it's Severino. And it's like, oh, oh, is this too much use? Is this, what is this? What, what's going on? What's going on with him now? And he clearly was not the same. The three consecutive home runs to the seven, eight, nine hitters, that's not Luis Severino. And the, and the velocity was just not there. Uh, so that's not, that, that's not what you're looking for. And, and look, this, this Yankee season, the reason why it has gone along the way that it's gone along is, is, is they've improved other areas of the team, but the starting pitching has been the biggest surprise, the biggest development. And guys, every fifth, every fifth day, they're, they're making their turn in the rotation. And, and the reason why Severino is troublesome is because it certainly looked like when you're ta- having the conversation of, okay, we get to a playoff series, Garrett Cole goes number one, who's going number two? And up until tonight, it certainly seemed like Luis Severino was back mm-hmm. to being that number two guy. So now you yeah. got concerns with him, which are first and foremost. Then you have Nestor, who has not looked like the same guy as the first 10, 11 starts this year. Jamison Tyone has certainly struggled here for a bit. So... You know, the guy that the Yankees are facing off against tomorrow on the Reds might be a guy that the Yankees need to be looking a little closer at. Mm. Yeah. Luis Castillo. Yeah. Yeah, they they may need to have to make a move. They might need to have to make a move and get another arm because you just don't know. And this was a concern, Gordon, from from you talking earlier in the year about, you know, these guys are pitching more innings now than they have in a while. You know, especially Severino and Tyon. What are they going to be able to give me? What's going to happen in that second half of the year? Yeah, and I was thinking more along the lines of we need to add a guy, you know, who could be like a spot starter, maybe mm-hmm. can go into the bullpen. If Severino is missing any significant amount of time, given how much time he has already missed, I don't think that he can be relied upon in the second half of the year. If you're telling me he's got something where he's got to shut himself down and then he's going to have to ramp himself back up, you have, you have to add a starter of – a starter that you feel confident can go in a big playoff game. Mm-hmm. That has to be the target if, if Severino goes down. Because the other guys, they've had good seasons. Nestor's an all-star. I like Montgomery. But if you're losing Luis Severino, to me, you're losing the guy who is lined up to start the second game of a playoff series, and that has to be addressed. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. So, listen. Far more something. than Joey Gallo. <laughs> exactly. He's Who? Exactly. <laughs> He is not even a, a, a speck on, on the concern right now. You're concerned. And listen, this on the heels of the good news you got about Aaron Hicks, right? Because he ends up just – he might be able to be able to play this weekend when you start a series against the Red Sox. That would be nice, uh, especially with the way – it was almost like – remember when uh, Alonzo went down in a heap that mm-hmm. one time and then yes. he got hit by the yeah. pitch and you're like, oh, man, that looks really scary. That's – yeah, Aaron Hicks – especially with Aaron Hicks' history of injuries, right? I mean, he's been hurt a lot. So when he went down like that – you think, oh, boy, he's just starting to come out of it. He's just starting to play well, and now he's going to be lost for a significant period of time. So that was surprising to see that uh, it looks like he might be back this weekend. Yeah, so that, that's a good thing, though. That, that's a good thing. Things are, things are working in your favor a little bit there, Gordon, just a little bit, despite well, the fact that you're we'll, 105 we'll be, we'll games be, We'll be doing a, you know, like uh, we'll be uh, saying a little rosary tonight after the show is over for Luis Severino because uh, we can't be afford to losing him anytime soon. He got out of it, Gordon. He did. Had it all the way, Larry. Never a doubt. <laughs> and I think that's big for him. It's not oh, perfect. Absolutely. It's yep. not perfect, but he no. got out of it without without giving up the the game against the team that got him the night before. That's that's a huge thing, especially for a young pitcher, Gordon. You, you want to, that's what you want to see from your guy. Okay. Forget you forget about last night. You go out there, it's a different night. It's not gonna be the same thing. Battle. Go out there and do do what you do best. Yeah. Throw the baseball. And he, he, that was a battle. <laughs> that was, it was. That was, a, that was a battle. That was no question about that. No doubt about it. Is what the late, great Mel Stoudemire used to say, trust your stuff. Yeah. What got you well, here? Trust your stuff. I think, the, I think the Reds had a little bit to say with that as well because the, he, was, uh, he threw 23 pitches. Only half of them were strikes. So he only threw 12 strikes out of 23 pitches. So that was uh, against the Reds lineup, which is not all that great either. So. That was some work, but he got it done. So let's see yeah. if we can uh, have a little walk-off here in the Bronx. It would be nice. We'll keep an eye on that. But when we return, Gordon, it just won't go away. No, I'm not talking about KD and Kyrie. I'm talking about Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks. I mean, it just keeps going on and on. Everybody's weighing in. People are like the Knicks are, are in the spot where they can get him because they have a gazillion draft choices. Yes, they do. But, Gordon, do they have the personnel? to make this deal a reality. I don't think they do. 
Some people disagree. We'll hear what we all have to say next on 98.7 ESPN. The list absolutely starts with the Knicks, and it's no secret at all that the Knicks have been trying to set this up for years with you know, hiring Johnny Bryant, who was Donovan Mitchell's uh, the assistant coach he worked with on a daily basis, all the CAA ties, you know, showing up, uh, sitting courtside at the, the Jazz's playoff opener when Mitchell happened to be facing uh, Jalen Brunson and the Mavericks. Um, and, and they've got they've got all the picks. You know, they can they can make a, a deal that would be very attractive to the Jazz, who, you know, they're looking for a stockpile of picks. They're looking for young talent. They're looking for financial uh, flexibility. The Knicks can offer all that. And I think it's just going to be tough for another team to uh, to beat the kind of package that the Knicks can put together. It's ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. That's our Tim McMahon weighing in on the Knicks and Donovan Mitchell. And Gordon, I got to tell you, I just get very concerned when I start to hear a bunch of people all agree that anybody is going anywhere. <laughs> I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. I, I don't believe it. And I, just me, I don't think that the Knicks have enough to make that move for Donovan Mitchell because I don't think they want to give up R.J. Barrett. Now, I saw a report from Ian Begley of SNY that says the Knicks are not giving up R.J. Barrett in that deal. So, Gordon, what else are they going to give up? Are they going to give up? What, what else What else do they have that Utah would want aside from the picks? I mean, they've got picks. I think they've got four unprotected picks, uh, and they've got a bunch of protected picks. So I, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it. Well, look, can we start with at least, you know, because Nick fans are all over the map. Um the one thing that I've heard that I, I completely disagree with is that, you know, oh, you know, Donovan Mitchell, he doesn't play any defense. He's only 6-1. You know, this the, the, this thing and the other thing, uh, I don't know if I really want. Does he really make the Knicks any better? Donovan Mitchell is better than any player the Knicks have right now. It's not even a question. The problem is, is the Knicks as an organization are not in the position to be going all in on anybody. Mm-hmm. They're too far away. So if you told me I, I could get Donovan Mitchell for R.J. Barrett, would I do that? Yeah, I would. I think Donovan Mitchell already is a better player than R.J. Barrett is right now. I think that I don't think that R.J. Barrett will ever get to the level that, uh, that Donovan Mitchell is. And Donovan Mitchell right now is a three-time All-Star. He's finished top ten in scoring. I don't think that, 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 um, that R.J. Barrett's ever going to be that level of player. But the problem is you're not going to get him for RJ. You're going to have to give him a whole lot more. You're going to have mm-hmm. to unload everything. You're going to have to put everything in the bucket to get Donovan Mitchell. So for me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, you're really, you're really doubling down on kind of putting yourself in this box where you're better than you were maybe, but you're not good enough. You know, like, what, like if the Knicks were to get Donovan Mitchell – Take off R.J. Barrett because it's almost like there's no real – like what realistic trade offer could you come up with if you don't include Barrett? Mm-hmm. Get rid of all the draft picks. Probably get rid of, 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 of Grimes probably, another yep. young player probably quickly along the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much – like the Knicks missed the playoffs last year by six games, right? Yeah. And they were I mean, further away than that. Yeah, I mean <laughs> – For the eye test. Yeah, so <laughs> – like I get it, the, 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 from the Knicks front office, they are starved for finally. You know, they've put all these things in place to get the star player, but until they start landing and hitting on some of these draft picks, where the draft picks turn into very good starting players, not just role players, not just guys you could envision down the road being good, legitimate starting players on a halfway decent team, it's kind of hard to be putting a whole lot of assets into one bucket for for Donovan Mitchell, who's a very good player. He's better than anybody the Knicks have right now. But how far is he taking you? Yeah. See, that's the problem. He's not he's you're not putting you're not making a deal for Batman. That's what you're not doing. You're making right. a deal for Robin, maybe. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's, I agree with that's you. the deal. He, he's not. He's 
And once again, we have to do the disclaimer, right, Gord? Not saying that he's not a very good player. He is he's a an excellent very player. good player. He's a very good player. Absolutely. And as you said, he's better than anybody you got on this team. Mm-hmm. But it's not enough because you don't have you you still don't have enough talent to support him. And so now you're weighing you're you're relying on him. And now see, here's the thing: because you're relying on him, and you're you're also relying on what 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 Julius Randle am I getting, Gordon? I mean, I don't know what no. Julius Randle I, am I getting. Wait, 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 what's the ceiling for that team? Jalen Brunson, Donovan yeah. Mitchell, and and Julius Randle. You know, like six. that's your big three. Maybe six. And, maybe. And I, and I apologize. I said the Knicks were six games out of the playoffs. No, they were six games out of the play-in. Yeah. Exactly. They were six games out of the play in, out of the out of the, uh, the the top six. They were nine games out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, nowhere close. Yeah. <laughs> nowhere close. So, and that's really that's the phrase that I would use. They're nowhere close. They have to continue. Now, look, I like the Jalen Brunson signing because I it's think a start. that it's a start. Right, you have to start someplace. Uh, you know him. They know him. They they figure he will mesh well with what they already have. Okay, fine. That takes you a little bit better. But you got to start developing the pieces you already have. And, and really, that kind of gets back to, you know, like yeah. this Knicks regime is still paying for the past mistakes of the past Knicks regime because mm-hmm. you could have had Donovan Mitchell. That's right. That's right. You could have had him. Chris Canty, who is with Canty and Carlin, they're filling in for Greeny. Well, Carlin was – Canty was on Greeny. They're all over the place. They're, all, so they're all over the place. It's summertime, baby. Everyone's everywhere. <laughs> but anyway, Canty was over Greeny. He says, Mitchell to the Knicks. <laughs> Let's get it done. You have the young players that the Jazz would be interested in. R.J. Barrett aside, you could be talking about Emmanuel quickly. You could be talking about Obi Toppin. None of which would I have any reservations with moving None. above if it means I get Donovan Mitchell. You're talking about a 25-year-old all-star. These guys don't come available, Carlin. He has extensive playoff experience. And Carlin, I just think with all of the different connections, Donovan Mitchell to the New York area, Walt Perrin, the assistant GM of the Knicks, used to be a member of the Utah Jazz front office. All of Leon Rose had a CAA basketball relationships with the Utah Jazz. All of these different connections seem like they're lending themselves to this deal happening at some point this summer. It, it just it just feels like it's it's too much too many things in alignment for it not to happen. Listen, I understand what Chris is saying, and in theory, he's right. The bottom line is, does Danny Ainge really want Emmanuel quickly? Does Danny Ainge want Obi Toppin? Does Danny Ainge want those players? Yeah, Gordon. I don't like think if you he can does. get me, if you can get me Donovan Mitchell for Obi Toppin, Emmanuel quickly, and a bunch of picks. Okay, fine. fine. Then we're having a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I, I find that very hard to believe They're because I mean the, the Jazz already have a bunch of picks to begin with. Now look, they probably want as many as they can because it's not about the picks. You're not going to actually be drafting those players. It's about having the ammunition to move around and do this and do that. But. I find it very hard to believe that the Utah Jazz are going to start any conversation with the Knicks that it does not include R.J. Barrett. Right. And you, and, and, and now, a whole lot more. Everything. They're going yeah. to want everything. Would they want Julius Randle? <laughs> Again, much like the Toppin and the Quickly, if you can figure out a way that they want Julius Randle and not R.J. Barrett, okay, fine. You're like it's like there's there's like columns, right? Like the Knicks mm-hmm, have a column mm-hmm. of some young players who I think show promise. The Knicks have right. the column where they have a bunch of draft picks. They have the column where they have R.J. Barrett. I can give you something out of the two out, two out of three columns, but I can't give you everything out of all three columns because then I got right. not. It's almost like the 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 the, the mellow situation all over again. All right, so let me just let me just be that guy. All right, Gordon, let me just be that guy. R.J. Barrett is that good? I mean, are, are we no, saying that R.J. No, Barrett I, is, is, is untouchable? No, I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is is that I can't give you everything. Uh, by getting Donovan Mitchell, it's not the final piece for me. It's mm-hmm. a big piece moving forward, but I need to be able to add talent in some way. So if I give you my best player right now, even though he's not as good as Donovan Mitchell, but I also give you the guys who I think that are promising that can develop into something, plus I give you a whole bunch of draft picks, I'm not allowing myself very many avenues to improve the team beyond signing Jalen Brunson and then bringing in Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. That team with Randall and Sims and, 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 and Mitchell Robinson – 
that's not a top six team in the East. And no. that's where I'm trying to get to being a top six team in the East. Uh, well, maybe maybe a little Evan Fournier, maybe a little. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Randall Fournier, couple of second round picks. Yeah, no, I'll give you, I'll give you the, I'll give you the unconditional first rounders. You take, yeah. you can take Fournier. Well, that's fine. I'll, I'll take, I'll take, <laughs> you, take I, I, you can have any I, of those picks you want. That's fine. Fournier, I don't mind give me, that. I'll give you Fournier. I'll give you Randall. <laughs> right, whole bunch of picks. You, I'll give you picks from now picks. until Kingdom Come. And, and I'll even, you know, I'll even give you, I'll even give you a rookie guard. Oh, hey, Gordon, I'll even give you Cam Reddish because he's not going to play here. Yeah, right? <laughs> Do you have any – can I give you a Cam Reddish? See, that's like all it's, – it's like if you're Danny Ainge, what interest do you have in any of those pieces? That's what I'm saying. That's why I don't think the deal will happen. I, see, here's the thing. I actually do think that the deal will happen. And really? I'm worried about it because I think that the Knicks – they have – this regime has been waiting for the, for the superstar big, to become yeah. available. They've put all these things in place. And if you don't take your swing here, who knows when you might get another swing? Like who's so the next who's the next superstar that's going to come available, right? Like now maybe they know because Leon Rose is the former agent, but it just feels like they've been itching. Like it's not about like what superstar we want to become available. It's like the first one that gets offered to us, we're jumping at. Samari Stoudemire all over again. New yeah. York, we're back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, when, when you find yourself in the position the Knicks have been over the last 20 years, it's not that you're always making new mistakes. A lot of times you're making the same old ones. Yeah, it's and crazy. They've made the same old ones a lot of times. It is. It is. So, I mean, that, that's, that's an interesting thought, Gordon, that the front office may be forced to make this deal because of the fact that people are wondering, like, what are you guys doing? What is J- Jalen Brunson? Okay, but and, and what does he do for you? So with all this stuff – and. With everybody saying, well, you know, the Knicks have all these draft choices. And Gordon, let's face it, you're right. That's what that's why they stockpiled all these draft choices. That's why they did it. They they had this in mind to be able to they stockpiled all these tradable assets because they knew that they would have to be able to use them because they understand that they don't have a lot of talent that people want. No. So they're gonna go for the draft picks. And and maybe the Knicks front office feels like, you know what, we get Donovan Mitchell to go along with Jalen Brunson. Here we go. That will be the 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 destination now. People will want to come right. We we we've said forever the Knicks the Knicks gotta build something on their own first. Mm-hmm. They gotta put some stars in place before other people are gonna want to come here. Maybe they'll mm-hmm. feel like, you know what, then we can really hit it in free agency because then we got a couple of people. Hey, come play with Donovan Mitchell, come play with Jalen Brunson. Come play with Julius Randle. Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Hold it. Nah, nah, I think I'll pass. (laughs) But I'll tell you this. He he would be the the plus side. He wouldn't be bringing the ball up anymore. (laughs) I'll tell you that. We hope. We hope. (laughs) He wouldn't be bringing the ball up. Hey, uh, Michael King did a little Houdini act in that that top of the Had it all the way, Larry. Never a doubt. (laughs) Never a doubt. Oh, man, this run on second base. I, I just can't get over it. Oh, I hate it. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so it actually it actually penalizes the home team. It does. It really penalizes the home because immediately you're in this position where you're probably going to be playing catch up in extra innings. That's right. It is. Also, we have our eye on the stadium where Giancarlo Stanton is at the plate have with a chance to send everybody home happy against another Diaz. I wonder if he has trumpets when he plays, comes out in Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm not sure. That, that's a good question. It, it, look, it's it's working great for, for the other Diaz. It is. So maybe he should maybe he should take it up. Maybe, maybe he should, should take it up. Maybe he should. But this is uh this would be uh this would be a nice big spot for uh Big Giancarlo? G Carlo. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, nice big spot. We could, could use a hit here. That would be nice. Oh, anything. Oh. So, Gordon, I tell you, it is – It's. you just wonder if Miami comes in at the last minute. <laughs> right, because that's the t- they're in a position where adding him – you know they're trying to add to a team that's at a certain level already. So if they are, if they're moving something down the road, they're in a better position to deal with that because they're not so much focused on down the road. Mm-hmm. The Knicks mm-hmm. they're not in the position to be focused. They do have to focus on down the road because yeah. right now they're not very good. No. So again, no. it's like I said before. It, it, it's about 
I can give you a little of this and a little of that, and and it feels like the fact that the, that there's the report out there that the Knicks will not include R.J. Barrett. That to me says you're already negotiating. Right, exactly. If you're already drawing lines in the sand, that's a team that's already negotiating. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. just the CAA stuff, the fact that he's from here, the Knicks are looking for that star player. Mm-hmm. It would just surprise. And I'll tell you, the betting line. I don't know what if it's moved any time lately. The betting favorite to land Donovan Mitchell if he plays with a different team next year, the overwhelming favorite with the New York Knicks. All right, so let me ask you this, Gordon. You're looking, if, if you're, and we'll take your calls, 1 800 919 3776. If you're, Diaz is just throwing this game away. How about that, Gordon? Nice. Hey, we'll take it any way we can get it, Larry. <laughs> Maybe it was the, the mention of the, horn, the, the, the trumpets. Because the trumpets back in the day, they were not always a a great sign. Yeah, what a win, huh? Had it all the way. Big performance by the Yankees tonight. Is that a walk-off wild pitch? Yeah. (laughs) Was Big G get a little RBI action? Come on. Big G, two two back-to-back wild pitches from Diaz. Yeah, uh, maybe he, maybe he, maybe he was checking in on the FanDuel app before. <laughs> Man, that's one way to end it. So, here was my question, Gordon. If you're, what makes the the final determination about this deal? If you're the Nick front office and you're talking about they're building for the long haul, right? Do they look that way? Are they looking at this as we're building for the long haul, or are they looking at this as we were the fourth seed year before last? We were right there. Okay, we made a couple of moves. They didn't work. We're, we 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 erased one in Kimball Walker. Okay, we erased one. It didn't work, and what we're, we're trying to get, we're trying to find somewhere somebody to take Fournier. All right, uh, maybe they're not looking at it as long term, Gordon. Maybe they're looking at it as, hey, we were just a playoff team, and so we need these guys to get help us get back into that situation where they're not thinking long term. And they could also say, well, we got a bunch of young kids. We got young kids now that, that, that Tibbs is not playing. Why do we need why do we need more young kids that he's not going to play? Yeah, well, look, the draft picks, I think we're in agreement. I, I'll move the draft picks because the Knicks have a bunch of, you know, they've, they've got a ton of them. They're not going to move all of them. They'll still have some left a- afterwards. They can certainly recoup them in other ways and, and that type of stuff. That's all well and good. Um, but uh, to me, this regime – has been about putting the Knicks on a solid footing. Mm-hmm. It's been about, look, we're not going to forget about championships or titles or title contention. This regime to me is about let's let's get some credibility. Let's put a foundation in place that we're not going to be winning 20 games a season. We're not going to be the, the punchline of the league. Let's get to a point where we are, even if we're a 500 team, let's get to that level first. Let's put, let's gather assets. Let's get as many draft picks as we can get and, and at least have something that is at least respectable. Because for a lot of the last 20 years, the Knicks have not been respectable. They have been a laughing stock. So they, they have far more credibility than the previous regimes that have been running the Knicks. The problem is, is that they're allowing themselves to have a very low ceiling. Mm-hmm. Now, they'll have a more solid floor. I don't think even this past year, as bad as it was, it was not nearly as bad as it has been in years past, even though they were nowhere close to the playoffs. But I think that they're looking at it kind of splitting the difference between year one and year two. If we're not as good as we were year one or not as bad as year two, we want to be able to land that kind of superstar player, which Donovan Mitchell is pretty much. I mean, he's a multiple-time all-star, top ten in scoring. Uh, even though he might have his flaws, that's the type of player that they will probably jump at. So that's why I think that, it's probably going to be a deal that the Knicks, if they have to overpay, they probably will end up doing that. Well, it's not like they haven't done it before. No. <laughs> Overpaying. But you but, would think... you would, but I guess to them, it would be worth the overpay, right? It's a guy who's coming home. It's a guy who's from here. Uh, well, I was reading uh, Stefan Bondi of the Daily News. Everybody loves the coming home story, you know. Um, so, And he's a talented player. There's no question about it. But once again – where what are you adding to that mix and and if you bring him in are you then looking to package uh Fournier or you're looking to package Randall you're looking to package other people to to you know add another piece to that team and and if you do that does that make it a little better 
Does that make it more appealing for somebody else to say, okay, well, look what they're doing. They got this person. They got that person. You know, they're trying to get this person. They got, they still got some young kids available. We'll see who's, you know, who's left if they do make the Mitchell, the Mitchell deal. Um, it, it would be interesting to see what they would do if they did get him, because if they got him, it's, they're still not done. There's still a lot more work to do. I would be interested if you could give Leon Rose truth serum. Now, first, you'd have to find Leon Rose because he doesn't talk to us. But if you could find him and give him truth serum and you presented him with two options, one where the Knicks under his management are a good team. They'll mm-hmm. make the playoffs every single year, but they'll rarely ever make an appearance in the second round. Maybe they'll win a first-round playoff series every once in a while. But for mm-hmm. the next six to eight years, they're a playoff team year in and year out. They never have one of these seasons that crashes and burns. They're a respectable team, but they're kind of middle of the pack, and they're never going to be a true contender. Or do you want to swing for the fences where you might have some years, like this past year, where the playoffs are a rumor, but eventually you're going to get to a level where you'll have at least one or maybe two seasons where you're a real contender, at least in the Eastern Conference. I feel like with the approach that they've taken, it's much more the first one where they're looking to be credible, they're looking to be good, maybe not great, and this kind of move, if they end up giving up a ton of assets and giving up R.J. Barrett, it's almost like it's almost like, it, like you're doing it in the process of, don't worry about it, we'll figure that out later on. Let's, let's get this thing first, and we'll figure, out every, we'll figure out the pieces later on, and then let's just get the star first, and then however we can add to that later on, we'll figure that out. Then. Let's jump off this bridge first. I agree with you. They want the former because what they want is to have the building mm-hmm. have a buzz again. Yep. And when you saw what happened, and remember, they won one playoff game, Gordon. They were outclassed against Atlanta, right? Oh, outclassed. Yeah, no, they, they were never really in that series. Okay. They had a one game, and that was it. And people were had gone wild. Yep. Because, as we know, Nick fans are patient, and they are extremely loyal. Extremely. Extremely. More so than any any fan base in this town. Not even close. And if you just give them a little something, they'll be jumping up and down. Larry, (laughs) they they got embarrassed in that playoff series, right? Mm -hmm. This this past season, they won on opening night. Do we not remember what the scene was like at the Garden? That's right. Bing bong and every – I mean, you know? I mean, they were going wild. So – yeah, Nick fans are they they want to they they are looking to be sold. Sell me, sell me something because they're they're buying in. They want the team to be good. They are as loyal as you said as, as any fan base in this town. And if they get Donovan Mitchell, I mean he is a, he's a very good player. He's a guy that uh, you know he might not be a one A, 1A, but he's not far behind that. I mean there's no. not too many guys in the league that are better than him. But can you afford to be giving up that much to add him? Because then how do you improve the other parts? Exactly. And it ultimately comes down to the bottom line, right? What do I have to give up to get him? Mm-hmm. It's the bottom line. What do I have to give up to get him? And and you want to give up as little as possible, and Atlanta want, and Utah wants you to give up as much as possible. And so, but I'm telling you, uh, and, if you're, and, which, and which of those sides do you feel like will accomplish their mission? Exactly. I think Utah will get as much as possible or the Knicks will give up as little as possible. I think Utah because I I believe that Jim Dolan's like, listen, uh, that was a huge, that was a horror show last year. You guys got to get me back to the postseason. That was embarrassing last year. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. It's ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Sing. So you were talking to me there for uh, Well, you know, listen. Hey, you know what, Gordon? I need a couple of warm-up uh, no, sodas, no, no, if you no, know no, what no, I mean. No, no, no. Here's what happened. Tom Bauer was doing what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. He cut the music. Yeah. I just felt like, you know, I was in the mood to hear a little bit more. Right. Sometimes <laughs> you wanted to just play. Sometimes the groove is just hitting you, right? You know, I, just, I was just, you know, I hadn't heard that in a minute. You know, and Tom is like, listen, you want to hear that? <laughs> you know, hear it on your own time. Amazon. Right. You got 45 Amazon minutes of show left, and after that, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> you know, Amazon Music, hit it. Yeah, you can hear it all you want. Leave me alone. Don't get me in trouble. I don't want my phone ringing. <laughs> 
1-800-919-3776. Speaking of the phones, let's go to him right now. Curtis is in Harlem. What's up, Curtis? You're next on 98.7. Hey, how you doing, guys? Thank you for taking my call. Um, long-time listener. Um, I agree with you, Larry. Um, I agree. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure when R.J. Barrett became so untouchable, um, but I, I think that they should just go with the deal. And if they want R.J. Barrett, throw him in there for the Jazz, throw the picks in there, get him. Donovan Mitchell, he's a star. He's a proven talent. Um, get him while he's hot. If it works out, it works out. Um, I don't think giving away everything, but give away some, lock it in. And you have Brunson now. You have Mitchell. Gather some more pieces around. You can pick up and see what happens. Don't I get, Curtis, don't so get let, up the whole I Curtis, let me ask you this. I know Gordon has a question too, but let me ask you this, Curtis. So, would you – would you make the deal if if you didn't have to trade RJ? In other words, are you okay with keeping RJ and making the deal and having having him here, or are you just like you know what? If I I'm whatever it needs to make that deal, I'm making that deal. I mean, he's a he's a first pick guy. Um, he was you know Canada's you know top ranked player at one point, um, so he he can have potential. I'm not sure how many years it would take. Um, I'm I'm not opposed to you know keeping him. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you could send Randall, I would rather send Randall than uh, yeah, I bet RJ. You would. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, I mean if if RJ is what's gonna take for the deal to get done, like you guys are saying, three time All Star, you really get this type of opportunity around. Just just lock it in, get it done. You brought Brunson in, you you gather pieces, or you put yourself in a position to get him. You know, keep 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 chugging at trying to get a, a, a good collaboration and, you know, build from there. It might create some momentum with other players around the league that might want to join up. You know, New York is a big city. You know, they, nothing rings like the Garden. So, you know, I would I would rather keep RJ, but if you have to send him, like, get the deal done. I mean, I don't think he's shown as much as Donovan Mitchell so far. He's still young. He's still on his rookie deal. Yeah, he's um, 22. You know. But, you know, while it's hot, you might want to just make the move. You know, you don't want to, you know, two years from now, and Donovan Mitchell is competing for a championship or Western Conference, Eastern Conference Finals with a team. You know, Miami is sneaky. They could sneak in and, and stag them. You know, that's a conference, you know, interconference play that you're going to have to play against them a lot. So, you know, I, I say just get the deal done. You, you gathered all these picks. You I have a couple you. of young pieces that you can throw over there. I hear you, Curtis. Gordon, you had something for him? I'm just going to say, you you say, well, I'm not going to give up everything, but they're going to ask you for everything. They're going to ask you for picks. They're going to ask you for RJ. They're going to ask you for for Grimes. They're probably going to ask you for quickly. I mean, they're going to ask for everything. They're going to shoot for the moon. I mean, just take a look at what they got for for Rudy Gobert, and I think we would all agree that Donovan Mitchell is a far better player. Yeah, and I I think that deal kind of – Put a damper in any move for Donovan Mitchell because Gobert is not as talented as uh, very talented, but not as talented as a Mitchell. Um, but just getting five picks and you know that being the headline, they're going to want something that you know is front page news for Donovan Mitchell. So that that's the tough part. But um, if they want RJ and they want you know some picks, I wouldn't say all eight. But if they want maybe half of that, I say get it done. Um, all right, Curtis. Thanks I, for checking I in, my friend. I got yeah, thank you. you for the call. Thank you. 1-800-919-377. Everybody? You mean Fournier? We can give it to Fournier too? Everybody? They want <laughs> right. everybody? Wow. I got a list no, of people they, they, they can want, have. They I want things that you, you know, like the Nick fans <laughs> would say, oh, well, I'm now. not going to give up him. I don't want to give up Grimes. I don't want to give up, you know, the, the the young guys that you think can grow and get better. But I, I can see on the other side, like, are they going to grow and get better with Tom Thibodeau as the head know. coach? They, they haven't. Can we figure out a way where Obi's involved here? Because Obi is like a wasted piece on the Knicks. I love Obi, but I I don't think he's ever going to be the guy here. I don't think you're ever going to get rid of Randall. Not as long as Randall's here. No. Not as long as Randall's here. And I will say this as well. Like, when when the Knicks went and played the Hawks, we all said, well, it's clear that Randall is not a number one on a a championship-level team. Right. Right. He might be a two. He's probably a three. Mm -hmm. Could you make the argument? If you give up Barrett and you give up a bunch of picks, do you get Mitchell, Brunson, and Randall? Then Randall's a three, right? 
Yes. He would probably be a three on that team, at least you're hoping so, be. with all the money you're paying. <laughs> with all the money you're paying. It would be nice. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I, I, as I said before, I don't mind giving up this. I don't mind giving up that. But I can't give up this and that. Yeah, I hear you. I'm with you. Tom's in Carteret. What's up, Tom? Hey, Larry. How's it going? Good. Um, the thing about the Knicks and Donovan Mitchell, it's like I would I, I wouldn't be too quick to give up Barrett. I'm saying I would so much rather just give up Randall, maybe force Nick Fournier in there. Okay. What if they don't um, want to? Tom, I mean, come on. I mean, Utah, I mean, I know it's far away, but it's not the other side of the earth. Getting, they have, they you have video tape. They can see what the Knicks have. You can sweeten it up with some – you can give them, some, give them like six picks or something. I don't know. Oh, don't worry. You're going to get the picks too, but they're not going to want – they're not going to want Randall and Fournier. They have seen Evan Fournier before. Yeah. Also, one quick thing about – Good try, though, Tom. Kemba Walker's old contract. Hey, hey. Get some old uh, Larry, signed autographs from Good Kemba. try, Tom. It's a good try. Tom also Tom also just, just try to get, just try to get rid of all the bad players. Just, just try to get right. rid of all the no, bad I get players. It. I Look, I get it. I, I play you. video games. I've been in fantasy leagues. You try and get rid of all your trash, and you try and get that guy's start. Look, but I'm giving you five guys. I'm only getting one guy from you. It goes back to like when you had baseball cards. You know, I'll yeah. give you. You know, I'll get. I want your Reggie Jackson. I'll give you these seven cards for your Reggie Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Well, one one thing about the Yankees win tonight. Sure. Just a crazy win, crazy win tonight. It went on, went on two, two wild pitches. It's you know, it's crazy. Listen, you'll take it, Tom. Thanks for the phone call, boy. Will you take that win? Because Gordon, if you had lost that game, oh my God, I couldn't take you, it. Oh, 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 that to to the Reds, to the Reds. If you lose that game with oh. Boston coming up this weekend. Right. Oh, DPH on Rothenberg would have been holding a parade in the morning if the Yankees had lost another game to the Reds. <laughs> you know them. <laughs> Jay's in the Big Apple. What's up, Jay? Hey, hey guys. How are you? Jay, what's going on, pal? Hey, doing well. You know, I got to tell you, either I'm missing something. I just feel like Donovan Mitchell, after Utah got their trade package from, for Gobert, the trade package is not for winning today or winning tomorrow. And I think Donovan is in a situation where he probably quietly took, uh, told his management and went to Utah and said, I want out. And I don't want to go onto social media and I don't want to put the pressure on you guys, but I want out of here. Um, and I think the Knicks don't have to give up R.J. Barrett. I really don't. Well, Jay, listen, if they don't have to give up R.J. Barrett, that would be a better thing, I assure you. Nobody's trying to drive R.J. Barrett out of town. He is a, a, a player who you drafted. He's a guy who has, Gordon, done everything. Thanks for the phone call, Jay, who's done everything you've asked. He's improved every year. You can see he works hard. He, he, is a, he is a very, very talented young man. He's a good player. He's getting better. So, no, you fall in love with your draft pick. So, you don't really want to just give him up. But I hear what you're saying, Jay, but for me, it's a little different situation. And I know what you're saying about draft picks and everything, but the fact that they gave up Gobert for all those draft picks means that if they're giving up Donovan Mitchell, who is a better player and a younger player than Gobert, they're looking to have somebody to replace him a little bit. Some kind of marquee guy that they can get now. Marquee is meaning a player who can play right now, who's, who's well, ready to go. The only thing, and I think it's it's really magical thinking to think this way is that if the jazz are going to move Mitchell, they're full bore. And it makes sense that they would, because you don't halfway uh, a rebuild, Mm -hmm. right? If you're Danny Ainge, you want to go full bore, be really bad for a year or two, and then have 28 picks in the next three drafts and you rebuild things from there. So maybe is it possible that the jazz wouldn't want RJ Barrett because a, you're going to have to pay Barrett very soon. B, the goal here is for the next year or two to be really bad. And and you'd really kind of want someone, a, a younger player who has not developed. So maybe a Grimes and a – and don't get me wrong. You're going to give up basically all of the picks, right? You're mm-hmm. going to give up maybe six picks and some really young guys who are not making a whole lot of money because the goal for the Jazz is to be really bad so that they're picking at the top of the draft. Is that possible at all? It is possible, but I still think that you have an obligation to put at least a kind of team on the on the court that um, 
even though it's a full-blown rebuild, I think you have to – you can't – I don't see how – if I'm a Utah fan – let's put it this way, Gordon. If I'm a Utah right. fan, you're, you're emptying out everything. I'm looking at nobody on this court for the next year or two. I don't know that I want to do that. No, I'm sure the fans know. won't be happy. But, I mean, it wasn't like that the Jazz were good enough with as good as they were, right? Like the last two years in the playoffs, it kind of fizzled out. So, yeah, but I, at least I, look, they were there. I, I, think, I think for the Jazz, if you're, if you're being realistic, it's kind of hard to envision a scenario where they would not be asking for R.J. Barrett because right. he's a young player, he's a good player, and might mm-hmm. be able to get better. Yes. But I just wonder if the Jazz's goal is to be really bad, maybe they want more of the future – it's almost like if you make a trade with a, a rebuilding team in baseball, they don't want mm-hmm. a guy from AAA. They don't want a guy who's already in the majors. They want a guy from Class A or, or, mm-hmm. or AA because it's going to be a couple of years. They're a couple of years away, and they won't be making any money in that period of time, and, and you can kind of tank in the meantime. I, that's the only thing I can think of. It could of. be. I hear what you're saying, Gordon, and, and, and if that's the case, great. If that's right. the case, hey. <laughs> then let's no get on the problem. horn with Utah. Let's do it, baby. No problem. But I bet you they ask anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Because they'll ask, and maybe, they, hey, Gordon, and maybe they'll get him and ship him somewhere else for some more picks. That's, that, yep, that's possible, too. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. they'll do something like that. But they're going to ask. They're going to ask. That's why you don't have to worry about them asking for Fournier or Randall because they're not getting picks for them. <laughs> they got no. paying too much money. They're not getting picks for them. This is this is not a, a, a trade of that nature. It really isn't. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.